Episode 6 of Sound Hopping. Today is going to be a bit more relaxed of an episode. I'm going to be talking about three albums which have released recently and that's how I've had a listen to. And um, I want to talk about the first being uh, Tim Burgess's I Love the New Sky, that's Tim Burgess from The Charlatans, um, DMA's new album The Glow, and finally uh, Jarvis, the, um, the album from Jarvis Cocker's new group Jarvis. It's called Beyond the Pale. Okay, so first, let's talk about Tim Burgess's album, I Love the New Sky. Tim Burgess, for those who don't know, is, um, is and was the frontman from the band The Charlatans. Um, you know, the roast of fame, uh, fame, late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, they're a Manchester indie band. And um, throughout the last few years now, Tim Burgess has been doing... Uh, lots of solo projects. I think this venture into solo works has affected um, the, the recent work from his group, The Charlatans, as well. Because if you compare the, the 2017 Charlatans album, Different Days, um, you can draw a lot of similarities between that album and the solo work from Tim Burgess. Both Different Days and I Love the New Sky are a lot more poppy and a lot more laid back than the Charlatans records, which he's you know, released as part of that group. Um, you know, l- most of the album has a very pleasant feel. It's not really the sing-along anthemic indie songs that you'd come to expect from uh, the Charlatans, but it is something which, you know, it's the style which Tim Burgess has been going with and has been releasing for the past few years. Personally, I think this album is a, quite a nice mix of nice atmospheric indie pop tracks and lots of them are sort of light musical stories, if anything. Much with the Charlatans album Different Days, the, the production um, really impressed me with this album. Um, there are lots of layers and different timbres and instruments and effects, um, many uh, backing vocal tracks um, on top of each other, there's loads and loads of synths being used and, and strings and orchestral pieces. Um, you know, it's a lot more fuller and poppy uh, sounding, a lot, a lot more produced than um, Tim Burgess's work as part of the Charlatans, and and even when compared to his previous solo stuff. Despite this increased um, production value, almost the album succeeds in never becoming too heavy or feeling overproduced. Somehow, it stays light, airy, and surprisingly open, despite having quite complex and varied production. On top of all these. You know, really well produced instrumental synth tracks, loads of backing vocals. Um, Tim's Tim's vocals are quite isolated somehow, and they they really stand out. Maybe it's just his singing style, or or maybe a result of how they've produced the album. But lots of the album reminds me of early Blur because of this. Lots of the early the early Blur records, um, especially on Modern Life Is Rubbish, have Damon's vocals really isolated and and standing out from these indie pop rock songs and um and that's it, something that's um shown in this album as well it just reminded me of that my favorite track from the album by far has to be empathy for the devil i think the title is an obvious play on the the rolling stones track um sympathy for the devil 
um, but it's, it doesn't sound like Rolling Stones in any way. Um, it, in many ways, it's quite similar to um, lots of the Cure songs, especially Boys Don't Cry. The, the riff itself is really similar, but it's also got just the same feeling as lots of Cure songs. On this track especially, I really like the backing vocals. The song in general um, is, is quite bouncy and has a really summery feel to it. Two of the parts which really help this feeling are, are the drums and the violin which comes in at the end. The, the drums throughout are off rhythm, you know, they're off beats, but they're great. They're really light and um, almost playful at times. And, and it's this playfulness which gives it this bouncy and summery feeling. And adding to this feeling uh, at the end of the song, when the violin comes in, it also plays the, you know, it blends with the bouncy rhythm and almost gives it a happy, summery country and western vibe. A couple of other things that I really enjoyed about this album were in some places there were, it sounds like they used quite a few samples, um, you know, which is quite common in music nowadays, but certainly not in, you know, indie rock particularly. But um, Tim is branching out and clearly trying these different effects and taking samples from, um, you know, various media. The other thing that I really liked and is really consistent throughout this album is um it's, it's tim burgess staple really it's, it's what you expect from him but they're the very simple lyrics he, he's not trying to overcomplicate things he's writing for the music it's all very short pop inspired light summary short songs so he's written very simple but poetic lyrics for them of course this this just makes sense and i think lots of artists try and overcomplicate it nowadays and try and be too deep he, he uses very simple lyrics with loads and loads of repetition these lines which are being repeated are often short but they're still quite poetic and emotive um but they're not complicated they're most of the time they're quite literal and um they, they really match the catchy summary and happy tunes that they're that they're paired with tim also did this with the charlatans um because you can tell they're inspired by the, the you know the Manchester era, um, you know when dance music was really coming into play, especially in Manchester with places like the Hacienda, and and the Charlatans you know played in those sort of venues, and their music is definitely inspired by lots of that, um, you know the the, the drum beats um, sound a lot like you know drum machine um, dance rhythms, and I think this is where. Tim's inspiration for having these short, easily repeatable and memorable lyrics comes from. They're almost like the, the vocal hooks in lots of dance songs. And that's the beauty of him using these short and memorable, you know, punchy lines which are repeated over and over. The riff might not be catchy, um, you know, the melody of the chorus might not be, um, you know, the best he's ever uh, created. But backing that up, his vocals, you, you'll still remember them, they'll be stuck in your head because they're so simple, catchy, and emotive. Strangely, some of this album puts me off a bit. Um, there are a few songs on the album, like um, Comme d'habitude um, and Sweet Old Sorry Me, which are... Um, they're a bit underwhelming, and they, they almost sound like a stage show song, like, like they're a... they're almost a monologue song written for a, a, a character in a, in a musical. I know this goes with the vibe of having um, you know these short, these short songs, which are sometimes sometimes telling a story. 
but um, there, there are a lot more sparse in, in their production than some of the other songs. The song "Come D'Abitude," um, you know, if it was written in a or or designed in a rockier, more you know, his more traditional indie rock sound, it it could sound like a long Eagles-like rock piece, but it's it, it's it's written and um, produced in a way to you know be, be more like a, a pop song or an indie pop song. And it's almost a bit underwhelming, and, and like I said earlier, it's just a bit sparse. Um, but there's only a few of these songs on the album, and it, it doesn't ruin the album for me. It just it's it's a change, and I'm not I'm just not sure if I like it. I'm not sure if it's for me. The upside to having this the style of song uh, on this album is that it it does allow Tim to use maybe more personal and emotional lyrics and. Um, really shows his brilliant sense of storytelling in the songs. So if you're a fan of the Charlatans or Tim Burgess, or or just want something quite pleasant and easy to listen to, um, maybe even to put on in the background of something, um, I really recommend this album. It's it's very enjoyable, and there's there's not much to disagree with in it. It's it's just quite a nice, pleasant, really well produced um, indie pop album. Okay, so the next album is um, called The Glow, and it's from DMAs. As a fan, it's been super interesting to see the evolution of DMAs music during the last few years. I've been listening to them after the release of their debut album, Hill's End, in um, 2016, and I've seen them live after after the release of all of the albums. Um, So I've witnessed their sound and their live set list change over time, in varying environments as well. So I've seen them in smaller indie venues and I've seen them on um, festival stages. With their new album, The Glow, DMAs feel like they've they've finally reached their destination. Um, and that's because of their, their new, more refined and much more heavily produced sound, which the, um, the previous album started to explore slightly. Um, you know, the, the last album uh, sounds like a transitional period between their their debut album, which was you know very indie rock, um, you know heavily inspired by the the indie rock scene of the eighties and nineties, you know Britpop, um, it's really raw, quite aggressive in places. Um, it's still a really tidy tidy album, but it, it's it's a lot more raw and fresh than than the glow is. When comparing the sound of their early singles, like the really fast, aggressive, and raw indie rock feeling of um, their single feels like 37 or something like uh, Lay Down from their first album Hill's End um, when you compare those with the, the singles from The Glow like Silver for example it's apparent that t- despite the much fuller sound and, um, and and the increased production and the polished feel of this new album the, the voice within the album is still very much that of DMAs as usual, on this album, Tommy O'Dell's vocals lift every single song, and you know he just has an effortlessly brilliant quality to his voice, and and I think it's it suits their new sound. Their new sound's a lot poppier, and it's in lots of the time it's bordering on dance music, um, and I think his vocals really really suit this this new direction that they've gone in. Thinking all about situations 
songs like Life is a Game of Changing sounds like a classic DMA song. Um, that there are verses that build up to a really anthemic sing-along chorus. There are driving backing vocals from the um, from the other two members of the band, and of course the ridiculously catchy melodies. You know, if it were on the first two albums, there is no doubt that it would have been produced to have their old indie rock sound, and it would easily be recognised as one of their best songs that they'd uh, that they'd ever released. On this album, however. It sounds like a DJ has taken that recording in the indie, you know, their rock and roll style, but they've remixed it into a floor-filling dance track. And and I think in, in a live scenario, it's something that would turn the usual mosh pits at their gigs into a dance floor. When you're finding out another The last track on the album, uh, Cobra Kane, does this too. It's got a really thick dance sound and uses loads and loads of drum machines, synths, um, layered vocals and really, really noticeably heavy use of auto-tune. Um, it's definitely the one of the points on the album where you can you can really hear Tommy um, and and the and the sound engineers and producers using auto-tune as an instrument in itself. Um, you know, something which has been used for ages now in hip-hop um, and loads of different genres now. Um, but it's nice to see them also using this and not shying away from it, um, but really leaning into it. And, and it really helps the, the dance music feel of this album and especially the um, Cobra Kane. I also think using the, such a such a departure from their old sound to finish the album in Cobra Kane is such a good end to the album. You know, really using these dance music elements um, and, a, and a song that sounds almost unrecognisable from what they've previously released, um, except from you know Tommy's recognisable vocals. Um, it's almost a statement to their audience and and the, the music scene that they're a part of. And it's a flag in the ground, basically saying, you know, this is our new sound, like it or hate it. Um, you know, inviting people to, to like, support them and come and join them on the, on this change. Um, you know, declaring that they're not going to stay in their lane and just do indie rock, um, and that they that they are going to branch out. And you know, this is their way forward. And I think it's quite a brave thing to do. The, the album in general is quite brave for them because it is quite a departure from their normal sound. Fortunately, I only had an issue with one of the songs on the album, and that's the song Criminals. I just think it's a bit disappointing. Um, you know, it's not one of the more dancey um, songs, but it, to me it's just a bit disappointing. It's, it's quite flat and um, almost like a generic pop song. Um, I think Tommy really could have got away with maybe writing it for a different artist. Um, I don't think it does them much favours on this album. Um, and it sort of sticks out as a bit of a, I don't, yeah, just a bit of flat, boring tune um, compared to the rest of the songs. Despite them going in in a completely different direction to, um, to you know, to their early music, especially their first album, they've really, um, you know, in the past at least, they've really made no attempt to hide their inspirations. Um, you know, which I've which I've already said, it's it's very much 
they're very much inspired by 90s indie rock and Britpop, um, and most notably the music from the Gallagher Brothers, of course. And I just think perhaps this new musical direction, um, and I touched on this earlier, but perhaps it is an attempt to shake off um, some of this criticism or pigeonholing that um, that they would just stay with their sound, which is you know heavily inspired by lots of other sounds um, and other people's bands, and that they would just stick in their lane. I just wonder if it is an attempt to shake off some of this, and I think they really do it success- successfully. Um, it sounds like they're genuinely evolving as a band. On the glow, there's there's one place where their inspirations really do stand out, and that's on the song "Strangers." Um, it sounds like lots of their um, lots of the songs on their previous albums, and to be honest, "Strangers" could have been written by Noel Gallagher. It, it's um, unreal how much it sounds like a high flying birds track, um, it, even down to the way Tommy ends each vocal lines. It has that um, Noel Gallagher esque rise and fall in pitch at the end of each line. I think if, if Noel Gallagher had released it on his recent album, it, it would have been the, the top single, the first single they released from it. It's 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 miles better than anything, um, in my opinion, that Noel's released in quite a while. Um, but it, it, it's surprising when you listen to it, um, how much it, it just sounds like a High Flying Birds track. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way, it's a really, really good song. Um, and But I, I think it's just a testament to how good DMA's songwriting is. Um, and how consistent it is, you know, on this album especially, there's very, very few poor tracks, and I'd say on their first album, there's not a single bad track. Um, again, the, the, their their previous album was a bit of a transitional period, I think, for their sound, um, but you know, Strangers really shows just how good and how how grown up their songwriting is and and has developed. For me, I think the catchiest and most out-and-out pop songs um, slash dance songs um, on the record are Hello Girlfriend and um, the song named after the album, or vice versa, um, The Glow, um, and maybe Round and Around. Um, Personally, I would release Hello Girlfriend as a single if I was choosing what to release from this album. Um, I'm surprised they didn't. Um, I just really love it. It's, It's just a really great pop song. Such a funny thing for me, try to explain. Super catchy, the vocals are great. Um, yeah, and I'm just surprised they, they haven't released it as a single. I really I'm just really enjoying their new sound. It, it's it's a lot more in the in the pop genre than than any other. Um and I think it would just be great that once once we're allowed to see live live gigs again, um, to be able to go see them and you know play this new style live, um, will really add a new element to their to their live set. Um, you know they've all, all, already got a really dedicated fan base um, who really enjoy their their faster indie rock songs. Um, you know. Um, at lots of gigs, you can you can hardly hear Tommy because everyone knows all the words and they're singing along throughout. There's mosh pits. It's a really good time. 
but I think this album adds another element and um, you know allow people to you know stay active in dancing throughout and 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 singing along as well so I think it's almost another arrow in their quiver really um, in terms of styles and and tone it's definitely my my um my second favorite album from them after their debut album it's miles better than their previous album in my opinion and you know alongside their MTV Unplugged album and their first album um now having a more dancey pop sounding record um just shows how versatile they've become so yeah really i really recommend this album and finally uh, i'm going to talk about beyond the pale which is the new album from jarv is um and that's the new group that jarvis cocker put together um and it's quite an interesting one because this really is an album that was never meant to exist Jarvis, as a group, was only meant to be a live band, um, you know, just a live band to perform and and house Jarvis Cocker's creative output. You know, this work was not originally designed to be released in an album form. You know, this was largely because of his extensive time with his band Pulp throughout the 80s, 90s and 2000s. Um, and and in interviews, he says he, he didn't, you know, he just didn't want to start another band and do that process all over again. The idea of Jarvis was also to go back to Jarvis's roots of arty dance music um, and uh, more specifically curated for live performances, uh, especially at festival settings, rather than recording an album. What's great about this is that their sound really reflects this um, it, in, in its intense, often psychedelic and almost offbeat um, stylistic choices. My favourite song on the album is called Must I Evolve and it's um, it's about human evolution and it goes from classic Jarvis Cocker spoken word, you know, reminiscent of um, the pulp songs like Sorted for Ease and Weirs um, and it slowly descends in the listener into a trippy rock soundscape with repeated chanting vocals and a psychedelic world that probably wouldn't go amiss on a King Gizzard album or a psychedelic, an, another psychedelic rock artist. It's a masterclass in, in poetic lyricism from Jarvis Cocker once again, but really what else would we expect from him? Um, it's all performed melodramatically, you know, in his really unique style, super emotively, and especially in the monologue-like spoken word sections. For example, in the song Am I Missing Something, he almost seems to question the meaning of life itself and, and the feeling of um, inadequacy or living a life without meaning. In the song, Jarvis observes the temporary nature of life and the futility of waiting for something unknown to happen instead of going out and doing something today. Am I missing something? All the tracks on the album are a form of art, psychedelic, prog, dance music. They're quite long tracks and often have several choruses, multiple tempo and rhythm changes, and lots of interchanging, intertwining melodies. A song that really exemplifies this 
is called Children of the Echo. Um, in this song, there's lots of ad-libs from Jarvis, lots of improvised-sounding spoken word bits. And um, in the middle of the song, there's a spoken word call-and-response segment. Um, and this is sandwiched by the more traditionally traditional-sounding choruses on the record. I, I imagine this song will be really good fun live, um, especially with the call-and-response section, um, you know, with the audience responding. Um, but I love that this um, the song also shows the, the female backing vocalists off really well. And, and these, these backing vocals are present throughout the whole album. I think I'd say that Jarvis are best experienced in a live scenario and I'd really like to go see them live. However, the album, the recorded version of Beyond the Pale, um, it does give a really good and clear insight into what a live experience would be like. When listening to the album, you can almost picture yourself in a crowd at a festival or maybe an art show um, and that's what this album for me really gets spot on. The, it really creates the atmosphere of a live performance, um, which is exactly what they set out to do. As Jarvis, primarily is it's or totally, is a concept based around um, performing Jarvis Cocker's music live. That's that's what it's all about. That's what it was made for, and this this album does a really really good job of capturing that feeling. In many places, the 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 long winding songs feel almost improvised and um, spontaneous in places, um, almost like a DJ is with dance music, you know, like live mixing, or perhaps a like a psychedelic rock band when they're doing like a really long jam. If anything, I think this album will just get people interested in seeing Jarvis live when shows are, when shows are happening again. You know, as if Jarvis Cocker himself wasn't reason enough to go see live. You know, he's always been a spectacle no matter what capacity he's performing in. Um, you know, he's such a great live performer. Um, but I, I, I think this album, alongside, you know, just going to see Jarvis Cocker, um, um, this album is a really good, it's just a good motivation to, to go see the live version. And, um, you know, the album just gives listeners a really good, clear taste of that experience. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that quick little chat about the um, three albums from Tim Burgess, DMAs, and Jarvis, um, yeah, it's been a good time listening to them, and it's been great talking about them. And I hope to see you next week. So I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening.